Are you thinking about property? Great, you're in the right place because so are we. Join us each Monday as we talk to estate agents, architects, solicitors, surveyors, and all of the cast of characters who populate this endlessly fascinating Irish property market. Our aim is to make you feel better informed and more confident with each decision you have to make as you buy, sell or renovate your property. I'm Brefni O'Kelly. I'm a licensed property buyer and coach. Thank you for listening. Hello there and welcome to episode 44 of At Home with Brefni. And if you're a first time buyer, then this episode is for you. I was just talking last night to my lovely nephew, James, who's going to be looking for his mortgage with his um, wife-to-be, Rachel, quite shortly. And it occurred to me that what he said was so true. There they are talking to each other about what they're likely to get in terms of a mortgage. And they can very easily spend time going back and forth, as he said, basically creating a wall of echoes where they each reaffirm and corroborate what the other person thinks without actually ever going ahead to pick up the phone and talk to a mortgage broker to actually start the process and see what they need to have in place to get a mortgage. In general, sometimes first time buyers can be stuck in a, well, if this, then that, if this, then that sort of conversation with themselves without actually picking up the phone and starting to get the ball rolling by taking some professional advice. And I can really understand why one might be reluctant to do that, because it takes everything out of the world of the dream and fantasy and I wish uh, scenario to the this is how it's going to be. These are the facts. Let's get real here situation. So this week I want to go through basically the basis of a talk I gave um, at the request of the journal in the company of the commercial director of Daft and the sales director of Glenvay PLC. So I was honoured to be invited to do a talk a couple of weeks ago and it was for first time buyers and today's episode is basically um, running through that talk that I gave that day. And it's no harm for you to know that I plan to do a webinar in the next two weeks for first time buyers. So if you're interested in being notified as to when that webinar will take place, then I'd love if you would email me at brefney at brefneyokelly.ie and I'll put you on the list for the webinar. So let's get into this week's episode, which is basically some tips uh, and first steps for first-time buyers. So I want to start with acknowledging that buying a property at any stage can feel scary. But for first-time buyers, there can be added anxiety caused by dealing with a completely unfamiliar process and a cast of previously unencountered property-related professionals. And I've noticed that there's a tendency on the part of first-time buyers to feel anxious and to feel like there is a right property to buy and the right price they should pay for it, as though in some way the answer as to what they should do is written on a drawer somewhere and the knowledge is held somewhere in the universe and they just don't have that knowledge. And that can cause an element of feeling out of control. However, I just want to start by saying the property transaction that you're going to make is basically a deal that does not exist yet. And you're at 50% of that deal. So 
The vendor, who's the other 50% of the deal, they're equally in the dark right now. They don't know either what they're going to get for this property. So basically, when you go to look at a house, you're an important part. You're 50% of this transaction and the vendor is equally nervous and doubtful as to how it's going to be. So it's a deal that the two of you are going to strike. So in this uncertain time where There's a lot of uncertain things. I just want to give you the concept of uh, what I see as a pyramid of the sales process. Basically, the things that you can be certain of and the things that are fairly grey area. So some things are within your control and you can make fully certain of them and other things are outside of your control. So let's have a look at the base of this pyramid, which is the money. Now, what you actually decide to go ahead and write a cheque for or sign a loan agreement for. That is fully within your control. And then the property, so that's the base of the pyramid, that is actually within your control. No one can make you sign that loan approval letter or that loan drawdown letter. And then at the top of the pyramid, when you actually have got through all the murky waters of looking for properties and getting sale agreed, there's the actual property you choose to buy. Nobody can force you to sign a contract to buy that property. You are in fully in control of that. However, in the middle bit of this pyramid, between the amount you're prepared to borrow and spend and the top of this period, the property you're prepared to spend this money on, there's a grey area. And this grey area includes um, dealing with the state agents, what actually is going to be for sale that's fully not in your control, the agent handling the sale of the property you want to buy, that's not in your control, what to bid, you can be uncertain about that. There's a lot of what ifs in this grey area and that tends to be the most uncertain and fearful terrain. So today I just want to talk through that terrain and make you feel more confident and more sure-footed as you go through that terrain. So let's just start with the bottom of the pyramid, the bit that is fully in control and that is the budget. So my advice is to get crystal clear about your budget. In my experience, I've seen buyers um, work basically on the basis of two budgets. There's a plan A budget, which is the full loan that they're approved for. And then there's a plan B budget, which is the loan that they are happy to get. Let's just say it's a young couple starting off. Perhaps they're expecting or hoping to have a baby. That can mean that maybe they don't want to max out their Uh, borrowings. They might like to leave a little bit of scope for one person perhaps to go part-time if a baby does arrive. So my advice here is to get really clear on what is your comfort level borrowing because if you waver between the amount you are approved to borrow and the amount that you're comfortable borrowing. You'll end up looking at two different price brackets. And in my experience, you never fully commit to one price bracket. So I really suggest that you think and feel yourselves the whole way down the road of one budget and see, are you really comfortable borrowing that amount? And if that's your max budget, then only look at properties up to that level. And then there's another scenario where you where you could get crystal clear about your budget, which is your loan approval, which is your plan A budget, plus your plan B budget, perhaps a loan or a gift from a parent 
that may come. Now, sometimes people, again, have conversations in their head about what that gift might be. But if you think there is going to be a gift and you're not sure if there is and you're not sure what the quantum of that gift would be, then I really suggest that you have that conversation with whoever you think may give you that gift. So again, you really nail down that budget. Don't get stuck in budget limbo where you can't commit to either price point because you'll get stuck at this level and you won't move on. Um, so let's say now we are crystal clear about our budget. What can you buy with this budget? Now, the chances are there aren't going to be 10 or 12 areas that suit you that you can buy with this budget. The chances are there's only going to be a handful of areas. Maybe there's five areas. And if you're talking about Dublin for first time buyers, it's typically the likes of, say, Crumlin, Drimna, Cabra, Inchicore, Eastwall, um, maybe North Strand, that kind of area, Ballybock. They're typical first-time buyers areas or within first-time buyers budget. So what I would suggest you do, rather than go and look at all of them all the time, that you identify the areas where your budget will buy you and then just narrow it down to your three favourite areas. So... One way of narrowing it down is by firstly narrowing down what your three favourite areas are, that's for sure. But then also check on Daft what the supply is. For example, the Friday before my talk, I checked what was available in three first-time buyers areas. And I found there was 59 properties for sale in Crumlin, 40 for sale in Cabra and 40 in Kilmainham. So if I were a first-time buyer, I'd be looking at Crumlin because right now there's a bit more supply there. And the more supply there is, the better you're going to buy because the more choice buyers have, the less buyers there are going to be for each house for sale in Crumlin. So it's no harm to check on Daft what exactly is the supply in a given area right now. And perhaps if you see that there's a higher than usual supply in that area, why not concentrate on that area first? Because there isn't a constant steady stream of properties coming on in every area. It, there is no law or no pattern. There's, there's bumps and peaks and valleys with supply. So if you hit a peak of supply, then why not look there now? And as I've often said before, um, when you've identified your three areas, take an evening stroll and a Saturday morning stroll in each of those areas and walk, drive around them. Make a note of three sale agreed signs in each and make a note of the street you're on as well because if the area is unfamiliar to you you won't necessarily know what street you're on so just make a note of three sale agreed signs and then phone the agents and get the sale agreed price um so the reason i'm suggesting that is it means you're getting familiar with what the price is in that area right now so let's just take crumlin as an example let's say you're, you've parked your car on sundrive road and you're walking up and down stanaway road and blarney park and wherever else uh, clonmac noise road have a look at the houses that are sale agreed take just three that look like they might be the kind of house you'd buy when you phone the agent you're going to now find exactly what the market price is for these houses right now and while you're on the phone to the agent i really recommend that you ask them what are their favorite streets in the area 
Agents love to chat and they have good knowledge of the area. So let them pick their brains about what the best streets are in the area and that you often get a bit of inside knowledge. Like there's a rough load of families living on one road or there's been a bit of trouble on another road and this road is really coming and they've sold a few to a nice young couples recently you know they'll have that knowledge and they're happy to share it with you so ask the agents the price of three sailor greeds and their favorite streets of then those three areas pick your favorite one and of your favorite area pick five houses for sale that are of interest to you and when you've picked your five houses my advice is don't phone just do a drive-by viewing of the houses Um, And when you do do a drive-by viewing and when you look at the property listing on My Home and Daft, I just want to let you the kinds of things that add intrinsic value to a house. For example, an end of terrace house or a house with side access, a house with a south or southwest facing garden to the rear, a house with a bathroom upstairs, a house with a big garden or with a Lewis or a Dart station within 15 minutes walking distance. A house with easy parking for you and reasonable parking for visitors when they come. These are aspects of a house that will always add value and you will get that value back when you go to sell. So there's no harm to look out for those things and be prepared perhaps to pay a little bit more for them because you will make it back when you sell. Now, when you've chosen your five properties, as I always advise, do drive-by viewings. And when you're doing your drive-by viewings, you're having a look for the neighbours. You're looking to see are there cars up on blocks in the neighbours' drives. You're looking to see are there one-way double yellow lines outside the house where you'd find parking difficulty. if there's a one-way street, if the house is on a one-way street, that involves you having to do a big loop every evening or every morning before you can actually hit the road you want to hit. Look at the windows, look at the roof, look at the boundaries. Do, are the boundaries clearly marked? If the neighbours look sketchy, why don't you ring on the doorbell of the neighbours and just ask them about the area and let them know you're thinking of buying and then you'll get a look at the neighbour as well. So straight away, by doing a drive-by viewing of these five houses, you're definitely going to rule out some houses. But assuming you haven't ruled out all of those houses, then obviously you're going to want to view that house with the agent. And my advice at a viewing is just allow yourself walk to the house once. Get the feel of it. Is there anything you like about it? Then use your senses. Do you smell damp? Can you hear movement in the houses next door? Do the floors feel level? Does it look overlooked to the back? If you were to get up in that bedroom in the morning and look out the back window or the front window, would you feel overlooked? Would you feel cramped? If you were to sit in that back garden, are you going to have a pile of pigeons from the house next door? Is there a huge shed in the house next door that feels threatening? All of these things you can tell just by walking through the house and imagining that you've bought it and are living in it. If the house has the following things, they'll save you money in the long run. For example, decent windows, the roof in good repair, central heating rather than storage heating, up-to-date wiring, check for the fuse board and the switches for hints as to whether the wiring is up-to-date. If the fuse board has the circular fuses, obviously it's an old fuse board. If it has switches that stand right out from the wall, it's an old wiring system. Is there a functional kitchen? 
is there a functional bathroom regardless of whether you like them or not could you actually if they were cleaned could you live with them so if the house is of interest to you find out a bit more about who's selling like if it's death or debt or divorce or an investor who which is driving the sale um, ask them was it so the reason you want to know this the answers to this question is if it's an executor sale the chances are this property will sell the ve- the vendors won't be hanging on for a price because often with executors sales anything is a bonus they're usually inheriting a bit of a windfall so they will sell the property however if it's being sold as a result of debt the chances are they may need a certain price before they can actually physically sell or agree with the banks to sell it. If it's divorce, the chances are they're going to need every last penny from the sale in order to fund two homes out of it. If it's an investor selling, chances are they're going to be very businesslike and make a quick decision. Ask the agent if the property was sale agreed before, because if it was, that will give you an indication of what the vendor will take for the property. And it will also give you an indication of if the sale fell through because of any structural defect. Also, obviously, you're going to ask the agent, are there any bids? If there was only one bid on the property, you need to check with them when it was made, because agents love to quote bids. But let's say that bid was made three months ago, that bid is the chances are that bid isn't on the table anymore. And if it's not on the table anymore, then it means you don't have to increase bid. You can simply bid that amount again. So remember when you're bidding that an agent wants a solid buyer and a deal that will go the whole way through to closing. And it's the agent who'll be recommending one bidder over another to the vendor. And in this market, between 25 and 30 percent of sales fall through. So the agent, more than anything, wants a deal. So it's not always the highest bidder. It's the bidder who's looking organized and committed. So show you're organized. Have your proof of funds, as in your loan approval letter, ready to accompany your bid. Know who your solicitor is right now, even though you haven't found your house yet. Identify a solicitor and identify a surveyor now. Have a look at their website. Look at their blogs and guides. Start getting yourself familiar with the things they do. For example, if you've identified your surveyor, you can ask your surveyor for a sample of the kind of survey that he will or she will complete on your behalf. That means you're going to have your card marked when you look at houses as to the kind of issues a surveyor will be looking at. Again, with the solicitor, agree a price, agree who'll be handling your file, um, ask them for any tips right now. It means you're going to be ready to go and close this deal as soon as possible once you go sale agreed. And when it comes to bidding, my general principle is, do you like the house? Can you afford it? Well, bid it. There's more at stake um, than just physical euros for example if you actually go sale agreed on a property by even if it takes you five thousand more than you wish you'd have to go well remember there's a value in not having to talk about this anymore in not having to look at houses anymore in not having to think about houses anymore in not having to spend saturdays and evenings viewing and there's a value in getting into the house now and getting set up in getting something planted in the garden as willie loman and death of a salesman might have said so it's not all about the money when it comes to bidding there's a value on getting the deal done and um, other points when you're bidding if there are other people bidding let's just say for example the bidding is at 270 
and your absolute max is 280 and you'd be prepared to pay that for the house. But let's say there's one or two other bidders bidding. Well, my advice is consider jumping from 270 to 280 in one jump because that gives you maximum power from that 10,000. You're going to be prepared to go there anyway, but by going there straight away, you might scare another bidder. So you're, you're getting an extra bit of power out of that big jump. If there's nobody bidding on the house and you like it and it checks out and it ticks all your boxes, then my advice is don't wait around until someone else bids. This part, this lower part of the market is still rising. So all you're doing is allowing time to pass for other bidders to come into the market. If you like it, bid it. Don't wait for someone else to make the first running. And you might just be able to get the deal done without anyone else bidding against you. And in my view too, um, people sometimes think it might it's an idea to put a time on your bid. But I don't think there's a I don't think there's any point saying to an agent, here's my bid, you know, I'm bidding two hundred and eighty thousand and it today is Tuesday and it it's valid until Thursday. I don't think there's any point painting yourself into a corner like that. I'd suggest instead that you ask for feedback by Thursday instead. Put the ball back in their court. And the other thing I'd suggest when you're bidding is just consider before you put your bid, is there anything in the house in terms of contents that might be of interest? It might all look old and wrecked, but just think if you were to put a tablecloth on that table or change the cushions on those chairs, could you actually use them? And if so, just include them in your bid. Just say my bid is 280,000 to include the table, the beds, the lockers, whatever it is in that house, if there's anything there that might um, be of use to you. So once your sale agreed, assuming your bid's been accepted, get your solicitor's details immediately to the agent. If you delay, it just means more time passes. Other people can come in and put an offer on it. It's perfectly legal for other people to put an offer on a property even after it's sale agreed. So you want to keep the whole thing moving. Once your sale agreed, have your solicitor's details immediately to the agent. Get a surveyor out to the property within five to seven working days of being sale agreed. And if the surveyor finds something unexpected, you know, perhaps an infestation of woodworm rather than just a bit of woodworm or a huge amount of dry rot rather than a little bit of dry rot, um, then it's an opportunity for you to renegotiate because that is work you didn't anticipate having to spend money on. Then get your bank valuer out there as soon as possible. Sometimes I've seen banks leave it a long time to get a bank valuer out there. And actually they've left it so long that it causes trouble. They need to get a second valuation done. So get your bank valuer out there immediately. And then my advice is to stay in weekly contact with the named person in the solicitor's office. So when you've decided to use a solicitor, just say to them, look, just letting you know, I plan to phone you every Thursday at 12 o'clock to see what's needed and what are the next steps in the conveyance process. And before you release your final funds to buy this property, I always advise clients to go and do a final inspection of the property just to ensure that the vendor hasn't taken out the fireplaces and to make sure if you've asked them to leave something that they've left it or indeed if you've asked them to leave it fully clear and clean and clear out the sheds and the attics that they actually have done that. So that's my um, that's the guts of my presentation at a recent after and journal event and I hope as a first time buyer you found that useful and again as as I say, if you'd be interested in joining me in my webinar, please email me at brefney at brefneyokelly.ie and I'll send you a link to it. Thanks a million for listening. Good luck.
Did you enjoy this podcast? If so, we'd love you to subscribe to it and tell your friends, family and colleagues. In the meanwhile, if you think you'd benefit from some professional help with your next property transaction, then head over to brefneokelly.ie to see which of our three property services might be best for you. Thanks for listening.